There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom Weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. Plus, check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. Now entering Nerdist.com. Um, in like two weeks. Um, yeah, I'm really excited, but uh, you know, it's not open yet. I was like, I really wish I could, because it's like a block, you know. I was yeah. like, man, I really wish I could just go back to the office right now and work, and to go all the way home and come back. Boo! But I did it for you, buddy. I really appreciate that, mm. Ryan Buck. Are everyone's phones off? No, I'm not. I'm not hearing. Any, how, how are I'm, we going to get any Wi-Fi? What? Do you, do you actually have any Wi-Fi here? I do. Uh, I do on my laptop. Yeah, but I mean, it's like, are we able to access it? I don't know. It's. Uh, I mean, if you want to. You can charge it to my room. I don't care. Like, if, if you have to log on. Well, I don't have to. I just wanted to have, like, the, the numbers in front of me and stuff. Um, yeah, if you, if you want to log on, you can, you can just log on and just put my last name and room number on there. And yeah, usually that'll, that'll do the trick. I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind. It's just under hardware? Yes, it is. No, no assumed names yet? <laughs> no. Jacques Awesome. Well, now it's going to be Jacques Awesome. <laughs> Mr. Awesome. Phone call for Mr. Jacques Awesome. <laughs> That's me, everyone. <laughs> Excuse me, this is embarrassing how this happens all the time. Jacques Awesome. Um, Alright, so, uh, I am here with, in my hotel room, in a sexy situation, uh, to my left is uh, Ryan Block from Gadget.com, Mark McCluskey from Wired.com, Jason Chen uh, from Gizmodo, who you might know from trending on your Twitter. Uh, but I just want to get this out of the way. We're not here to talk about Jason's experience with Apple. We are going to avoid that today. This is not about that. This is not about all the all the questions. So I'm all sure my, all my shtick is just right it's out killed. It's not. We're not. We're not covering that today. I'm just uh, disappointed that you didn't mention that anyone in the room is not wearing pants. Well, I, I think people will hear that when they hear the uh, the skin rubbing together um, oh, in the middle yeah. of the... Uh, uh, here we go. Okay, so I'm online. Okay, we're good. We're good. We're good. Um, yeah, this is just mainly to... Uh, I, I wanted to do a bonus episode of the podcast specifically for Apple Files um, so we could really just kind of go through and, and give everyone the, the rundown of what we saw today at WWDC, what your guys' impressions were. Um, 
I, I personally was kind of happy with today. I feel like I've been to a lot of these and left sort of disappointed, you know, where they, whoever was speaking, whether it was Steve or Phil Schiller, I sort of felt like, ah, they're kind of manufacturing their excitement because they know that this is not, you know, you can't revolutionize the thing every year. But this year, I feel like I got a lot of stuff that I that I wanted to see. Not everything, but but a lot of stuff. So, what, what do you what do you think, Ryan? Um, yeah, you know, last year with the 3GS, uh, I felt like I could kind of take it or leave it. Um, you know, it just wasn't that exciting to me. It was like the same iPhone. It was a little bit faster. Um, and I mean, I use one, but I you know, it didn't blow my mind. Didn't really feel like uh, that important of a step forward. Didn't feel like the step forward between the first iPhone to the iPhone 3G. Mm-hmm. That felt very significant mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. Not not just, you know, the 3G. Price was a big one, international release, all that stuff. Trying to break free fr- a little bit from Edge, the Edge yeah. anchor. Uh, and that's, that's a whole other topic. But um, this one felt like a pretty major step forward, even if, uh, you know, we already knew a lot about it. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> you're welcome. No, I don't know what you're talking about. We're not here to talk about. I don't know what you. We're not. Well, we we can't pretend like that never happened, and they couldn't pretend like that never happened. Uh, right. The only thing they could do was try to tell the story that we didn't know. Right. Uh, and I think they actually did a pretty good job of doing that, considering how much. I mean, we knew more about what Apple was going to announce today than I think anyone has ever known about any big Apple product announcement since Steve Jobs has been back in, in, in the late 90s. I have to say, and I'm sure and I'm sure this is not, I mean, I, I don't know if this is something Steve Jobs would want to hear, but just kind of having some idea of what I was going to see today made me more excited about coming because I didn't feel like, well, I don't know, I see some rumors and I see some other stuff that could be false and, you know, could be planned. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to see. I felt like... I have an idea of what I'm going to see. I want to see how he justifies that. I want to see, you know, if that was the Ford, the fourth generation iPhone, and and what all those bells and whistles do. And and so I was very excited coming into it. Yeah, I mean, there's Apple has such an expectation game issue that they play with every one of these at this point. It's like you know, unless you deliver like the the greatest single object ever created by mankind like there there's only so far you can ratchet up the rhetoric around and, all and, this and stuff. let's let's be fair they are always all the greatest objects well, mankind has <laughs> ever yeah, seen yeah exactly i mean you know i mean and people are still spoiled they're like yeah but it doesn't do this one thing you can edit hd video on it well i don't care you would have cared about that last year i mean it's like that video at the end that they they showed today which is just like apple at its like absolute most grandiose messianic worst right just like this is changing everything about everything it's like it's really you'll never experience life the same way again it's like how many things can you honestly really say that about that have ever been created by man 15 well there was the 20? car and then um, some other stuff happened and then and then this phone and then this phone and then the iPad and then the iPad MTV singled out uh, and, then, uh, <laughs> and then, and then the iPad. In between those two things, not really a lot. What, schwa? Not me. What is that? Oh, maybe it is me. Oh, it might be. Sorry, I thought I turned it off. No, that's okay. That's a pretty sweet. Uh, that's a pretty sweet. Well, it was interesting on on my part. Actually, not being there felt like I was outside of the reality distortion field for once. In the in the past four years, I've been you know at all these, and I felt like I could. St- I could kind of see the seams. You see the cracks. See the, the yeah. cracks of his presentation, and see him try to talk up stuff like um, that that screen, which is already on other phones, uh, that that high resolution screen, or say video chat, which is 
Nokia's been doing that for years. Android has that, you know, that kind of stuff. Trying to say this is so res- so revolutionary, so sirens. <laughs> so they're coming to get you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, that, that I kind of. Yeah, you know, it's, inter- it it's interesting to say that because we talked a little bit before uh, before Mark and Ryan got here, Jason, and and uh, and you said, uh, oh, you know, Steve kind of got freaked out about the Wi-Fi thing. To be there live, I didn't feel like it was such a freak out. I mean, like, obviously it was a problem, but I feel like you would probably see it more when you're just seeing him on your screen at home as opposed to being there yeah, live. Yeah, exactly. No, it felt pretty angsty to me live. Did you really? Yeah. I mean, him, but then especially, like, every Apple employee ever, like, skittering around trying to get people to, like... I just feel like... As, yeah, no, as, I mean, that, and that actually happened, too. I mean, they, Mark and I were talking about this on the elevator over. I mean, uh, elevator up. They, they were actually coming over to people in the audience, in the media section, too, which is blows my mind, that they would actually go to the media section for this. And we're telling people, shut down your laptop, turn off all your stuff. And we were basically like, no, no. What are you gonna do? <laughs> I saw what you were writing. It, it read and it sounded really awkward. And it sounded no, it, it was, was super. It, it, totally, was, it was. I've never seen anything like. That I did before. have to like. They came over to look at my iPad because I was live tweeting from the iPad, and uh, I was like, look, look, three G. I'm on three G. I'm not on Wi Fi right now. I'm on. I'm on three G. Which was a miracle in itself that I was actually able to get reception really? inside Moscone West because I never I, have. That's before. actually the most miraculous <laughs> product of the day. Yeah. Your ability to live tweet over. I know. <laughs> it really it worked somehow. Uh, I, I will say that as far as the presentation went, I mean, they had a lot of expectations for this, but given the fact that the stuff had leaked and the Wi-Fi difficulties, I mean, if you're going to you know look for the seams and the cracks in 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 a jobs note, this was the one to find them. I mean, this was just it, it, it was rife with issues that were going on. Uh, I mean, you know, it was just like all the rest. Yeah, you know, like like you said, it was very grandiose and it was uh, maybe uh, you know a little bit too aggressive in some of the messaging. Um, but I mean, it's it's just like part for the course at this point. I mean, I mean it's like, I expect one, nothing less. It's kind of the best one since the first one, isn't it? They had the most new features that he could actually pull out and say this is a new feature, rather than trying to talk up some. some I mean, besides like the software stuff, though, because the software, the software is like stuff, where yeah. all the features have really been. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm I was actually surprised that when Jobs said, uh, "What should I do here?" Steve, Ted, or whoever he was talking to, Scott, and Scott, Scott, Scott Forrest. Oh, Scott Forrest. <laughs> yeah. What should I do here, Scott? And someone in the audience goes, "Go to Verizon." And I was like, "Well, that guy's going to get yanked out by the scruff. There's going to be like some sort of a claw machine is going to reach down and then just pull him into the ether, drives him into like the Google. But that, did, that, that, that yeah, exactly. But that that didn't that didn't seem to happen. That was a good comparison to make. That uh, Steve Jobs asked everybody to turn off Wi-Fi, whereas the Google I/O conference had the same problem. But they asked, kind of asked nicely and didn't kind of throw the hammer down and say, you must all put down your laptops and turn off your Wi-Fis or I'm not going to go on. I'm taking my ball and going yeah. backstage or whatever. I mean, the idea that I'm sitting 150 feet away from him with a Wi-Fi, right, which has an effective rate of so like 20 feet on a good day, yeah. and that this is somehow having a material effect on his, on his presentation is... is but a but the, the Wi-Fi did work better when when everyone shut everything down. I just I just think they I've always had Wi-Fi issues in that hall. I this was actually the first year that I was able to get on to the network and have it work. In previous years, I would say I'm gonna live tweet, and then I was not able to every time because it, I couldn't get onto the network because you didn't do your homework. You didn't prepare. Like like these guys do, like we do, right? You got you got to bring like you know seven connections and a runner We've got with like a long cable. Like, hazing the noob, I get it. <laughs> I've only been to three WWDCs. I don't know how this shit works yet. Um, it, yeah, I I I, uh, 
I guess the whole time I had a different pers- I had a performer's perspective watching him, which is I probably would do the same thing. I mean, like get a little bit kind of chastisey with the audience, but but I can understand how I actually probably would have gone into some sort of swear fury, like motherfucker, it's fucking you know, like I I I, I would have tried to beat my device up. Um, that probably would have been better. That would have been awesome. Yeah, <laughs> if he'd have done that, it would have been I, awesome. I would have, I would have obliged him. If yeah. he'd have been like, look. Look, you fuckers. <laughs> he just fucking throws the 4G yeah. on the phone and be like, this one doesn't work. Crank. <laughs> yeah, I might I might have. Out of fear. But, you know, they certainly can't be surprised that 500 and some people are going to be there or whatever it was. So, why, you know, why was there not a robust network in place? That well, that, well this that? is. I think this is a new issue, though. I mean, uh, just as of last year, I don't think that you would have expected to see so many uh, portable APs or you right. know, phones that just in the last three to four months have started coming bundled right. with Wi-Fi AP software. Um, Android. Yeah, Android, Joe, Joe Home Morgan, OS. IPhones. I mean, Web OS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it's kind, of, it's kind of a newer thing. Uh, and so, like, for, for your MiFi, what is that? What is that? Does that, does that tether eight people to your network? Uh, something like that. I mean, it, it was five. There, there were two of us on there. Yeah, I think it's oh, five. Okay. five. Yeah, there were... So. Yeah, he... Uh, the whole time... I, I was imagining though that there must have been some sort of seething rage underneath, and I, and I kept thinking, I wonder who's going to be holding their hand, their head in their own hands uh, afterwards. Like someone probably just quit at that point. They were probably just like, "Well, that's the end of me," and uh, <laughs> just called their wife and well, said, "You know that envelope I taped under the bed? Get take that. There's cash in there. You and well, there's like the ritual suicide, right? I mean, at that point, you've dishonored the company. And, you know, <laughs> right. Demo, so their demo has failed. So as as it actually happens, uh, the company didn't set up the Wi-Fi network. I actually know well, the people no. who uh, right. who did set it up, and they don't work for Apple. They you know they they're a networking company, and um, I mean the thing was it ultimately wasn't their fault. I mean they they're they're the same people who did uh, the last TechCrunch 50 conference, which was like. Uh, I think 6,000 people or something in like you know that giant hall down in Soma and uh, it worked perfectly right. so it wasn't I don't think it was uh, a network issue I think it was just a saturation of wireless over sorry, interference right? yeah I mean you can you can you know it's like spectrum you can literally only fit so many you know uh, data connections on a, a single band of spectrum right. it's just that you know it's the laws of physics you can't do more than it. it's not infinite just because it's wireless uh, and I think that that's ultimately what it came down to but it's funny that this is like the this is the story and not the phone, right? Like, like the weirdness of the keynote was. Well, the story. I mean, but you know, you're always you're always going to gravitate to weirdness and awkwardness first before anything else because that's like those are the sort of anomalous moments that that you know that kind of stand out rather than when everything goes smoothly. Personally, I think those moments are better in some cases, or at least just as valuable as the moments when everything work because those moments are humanizing and those moments create more of a shared experience like hey something fucked up just like happens in life you've all been there let's all just get past it you know so I, I don't it doesn't I don't mind it that much I'm kind of bummed out that you haven't asked me to shut off my iPad yet <laughs> could you shut it off could you please shut off your iPad I, I can't I can't finish this podcast it's, it's, until you shut off your iPad your, your demo of FaceTime is going to fail because of the Wi-Fi and then yes fa- FaceTime FaceTime that was one of the disappointments that I, you couldn't do FaceTime to PCs I mean right? or, or just have iChat mobile or something yeah like you know well I mean I, I guess they haven't really they haven't really talked about how they're going to integrate it to iChat. I mean, what, or is what, it what going I, to be integrated? What I didn't understand is how you actually make the call because if it, if there's no setup and it doesn't use a phone network, uh, then what 
does it? You like, how do I know you right. with FaceTime? What well, is the network that, well, that identifies made, you as another user? When he made that call to Johnny, right? He he made a cellular call, and then there's a FaceTime button where it's like keypad, you know, that that sort of secondary interface screen. There was a FaceTime button, I think, to like begin that instance. But like, how the hell does that handoff? I think we should only like, use that feature if, when someone calls you, you answer the phone by going FaceTime. <laughs> <laughs> like in a really, in, in a, in a, in a real time. bro kind of way. FaceTime. You guys want to look for FaceTime with McCluskey? Yes. FaceTime. Awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're just gonna be looking at your balls, McCluskey. All right. Oh man, so all time. time. Oh, yeah, all no, time. Literally, it, it it actually took less than fifteen seconds for the guy next to me to be oh ho, ho, sex call. <laughs> I was like, are you, are you kidding me, dude? It literally, has been like, has not even been thirty seconds since. I would, I I would like to get high and mighty about the uh, about the uh, retardosity of that. Um, I instantly tweeted, "Thank God, I'm tired of masturbating in front of my phone to no one." <laughs> so, I mine with sexting is now obsolete. So, 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 so now I know when Chris calls late at night. Absolutely, under no, no circumstances, FaceTime. should I pick up the phone. Just make sure that I, that you just know pick that I with the three G. Just just be like this. <laughs> Let me see your other hand. Like just make sure that everything is above board. That's the only thing. When we FaceTime, uh, when I call you, because obviously you, we have to have uh, the, the we have to have a fourth gen iPhone to do that. You can't, like you said, you can't do it to PC. Right. So in a way, it's either. Maybe they're just trying to test to see how it works before they integrate it into iChat, or fucking buy it, <laughs> or you but have to buy like, it. You have to, you have to buy it. There was that little one of those little like Apple throwaways too. It's like by the end of the year there'll be tens of millions of FaceTime devices. Like so, either they think they're going to sell a ton of iPhone fours, or iPad two will be fully FaceTime. FaceTime. <laughs> First of all, we do have to say FaceTime. FaceTime. I would be happy if FaceTime had some sort of a Max Headroom theme <laughs> that you could just call people and be like, FaceTime. <laughs> all stuttery. Yep. Exactly. All crappy looking. I, I don't. I, 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 I was excited about the prospect of FaceTime, but then I was like, well, who am I going to be FaceTiming? Because I don't, you know, like. I don't know if any of my friends are going to rush out. <laughs> like, none of my comic friends are going to rush out. Hey, man, I would FaceTime with you. Would you FaceTime me? I would totally FaceTime Jason, I really Just not after that. 9 p.m. Just I would... <laughs> not on the weekends. Listen, I'm a day FaceTimer. <laughs> I don't like to FaceTime at night. That's just me time. That's <laughs> Jason time. That's Jason time. That's, that's Chen time. Don't it's screw not, with Jason time. That's not, that's not FaceTime. Um, by the way, who's the little girl that is in every fucking ad where I'm like, all right, whose daughter are you? Like, there's one little girl that she's in every picture, video, like, every demonstration of any photo app is, like, that little girl's face. I'm like, you must, you clearly are someone's daughter. In, in like, the, the ethnically correct group of friends that appears in every demo. <laughs> Here we are in San Francisco on our vacation. How did we all end up here? I want to see that sitcom. I want to see the sitcom that's yeah. the people. Apple friends. Apple friends. All their FaceTime. Oh my god, another. that would be amazing. <laughs> Apple friends would be amazing. Because there, there is like a stable of people. No, it's totally. It's just like this perfect like microcosm of America boiled down to like four, four friends having wholesome fun all over the world. Well, they, here we are in Calistoga. Here we are in San Francisco. They can't we match their the balls dread. together. What do, you, what do you want them to do, Mark? <laughs> Can't they, Chris? They can't. Just shows a lack of commitment. They can't garbage bag where they set the balls together and then tie the wieners around each other in a twisty tie fashion. They can't do that. No Arabian goggles. This isn't Google here. (laughs) 
Well, this has gone off the rails in a delightful way. Um, was there anything that you guys were excited with, like, like genuinely, like, oh, that is that is really neato? I mean, I kind of nerded out on iMovie, which is totally the wrong tool for the job, probably. But just editing video on my cell phone, like, that's silly. Yeah, that is just like silly that I can now potentially do that. Yeah, I mean, just. To have that level of processing power, I was sort of like, okay, that's that's. I mean, it's pretty crazy when you think about it because until just very recently, editing movies on your PC was was like not even a thing, right? Like Windows XP, you know, has been around for many many years, and there is no decent out of the box Windows editing, you know, editing solution for like movie maker. Bill Gates notoriously said, "What the fuck do I do? How do I download this Windows Movie Maker?" Yeah, and, and 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 the same for Vista too. I mean, it was only marginally better in Vista, it was a little bit better. But I mean, and and it's it's funny because you, when when you're talking about these these uh, products and you, you wind up inevitably comparing them to something else, and you always got to check yourself for the fanboyism, right? Like make sure it doesn't come off. But I mean, in a certain way. But I mean, this mobile iMovie app is way better than most desktop movie editing software, which is really weird to think that way. <laughs> I mean, it's it it's just the way. Seeing that demo and and how nicely it works and how much they were able to do in such small amount of space, yeah. really crazy. Why do you think people are so? Um, what is it that like? Here's an example. I said I was going to do this this podcast, this episode devoted to WWDC, and some people got mad. And so my my kind of thought was, I, like, why is it wrong to a lot of people's eyes to like Apple, or if you say anything good about them, they're like, "Fuck you! You're just attached to Steve Jobs' cock or whatever." Like. Why is it not okay to like Apple in some people's eyes? I mean, because Apple doesn't give me or most people anything. I get nothing from them. As a matter of fact, they're very stingy with giving out stuff, and they won't do it to most people. Like, I don't get anything. Nor do we. Um, Joel, Joel McHale got an iPhone last year. They just fucking sent him one. I... I Jason gets all this stuff from Apple. It's amazing. They, they love me. <laughs> they, they get stuff it's really, it's from all the time. Yeah, you got the new, you got the iPhone four earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I wonder, like, why? What is it about that? What, what is it about Apple specifically that if you say anything good about them, that there's just a, there's a, a demographic of people who are just like, "Fuck you, man! You're shilling for the man." They're just so divisive, right? It, it, they have this singular vision where if you follow it, you love it. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is what you love. If you if you kind of deviate from it, you're an outcast. It's also, right? I mean, you can get all philosophical about Apple, which, you know, if Apple is a company that appeals to people generally like us, people who write and people who create digital mm-hmm. things and media, you know, they what Apple's better at than anybody else still is just sort of a singular focus on, like, this tool does this thing. And if it's what you want it to do, it's awesome because it's a it's sort of an experience that's curated and thought about and really obsessed over to a level that nobody else has gotten to yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it doesn't do everything. And so sort of I think people who are more drawn to the Windows outlook on life are like, well, can you, you know, can you do this? Can you do this? It's like, no, but I don't care about having, you know, back to the movie maker thing. It's like, the Windows way is you actually have three or four programs on there that all make shitty movies, right? right? You know, there's, well, you can use Movie Maker, or you can download this, you can buy this. It's like, and Apple's just like, no, we kind of do one thing, and we think about it really hard. You know, I think you could probably do, like, an hour on why Apple is so, even to this day. I mean, it was funny, you know, back... 
back in in the early days of Engadget, um, you know, that was like when I, I I'd never really written to uh, an audience about technology before, and you know, in two thousand four, and uh, and I was shocked in two thousand four that it was still a thing, that it was still Mac versus PC. I couldn't believe it then. I was like, really, we're not over this shit yet. I mean, like it's two thousand four. <laughs> like, what are like, who cares? You know, I mean, I care a lot about technology. Obviously, I'm doing this, but like. Really, you know, I just I couldn't believe it. The the I, I would say this though, um, and and it's kind of unrelated. There's there's this story on this uh, site. You are not smart, uh, which is you you know the words you are not so uh, sorry you are not so smart. dot wordpress. dot com mm-hmm. uh, or actually no, just you are not so smart. dot com. Um, and the the post is called fanboyism and brand loyalty, and it's this like really interesting in depth piece about the cognitive origins of what we think of as fanboyism. Mm-hmm. Um, and without getting too much into it, I would actually encourage people to just go read it. It really gets into how brand identity um, and, 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 and uh, intertwines with your, you know, your self-reflexivity, your self-identity. Sure. Uh, and, you know, I think Apple's obviously a big part. I mean, Apple's, you know, I think inspired the post, but it's not just about Apple. Well, I mean, I don't think there's any question that, that brands are sort of the religions of our time. You know, there's, there's sort of ideas that people align themselves with. So I don't think that's, I mean, I totally, is, is that part of what is it part of what the article says? Well, I mean, yeah, it, it definitely gets, it doesn't touch on religion as much, but I mean, you can see how, uh, how some of those, like the way that the, the, those particular centers of the brain kind of correlate to you know, re- religious fervor and religious fan- fanaticism, and you know, just kind of mental switching costs of once you become invested in something so much that it becomes harder for you to walk away from it because you know whether you realize it or not, you're you know you're already there. You're already if you're an Apple fanboy, like you know you don't want to become something else because you know it, it's just so hard to realign your identity mm-hmm. to be that. Which is weird because you know I mean I, I know a lot of people don't think of themselves that way, but. There are a lot of people who do identify themselves based on brands like that. And yeah. It's very, very strange to me. It's like when my wife came home with Skippy peanut butter one time. I freaked out. Because you're, you're a GIF guy. <laughs> I'm a GIF guy. Yeah. We were a GIF household growing up. Yeah. This is a fucking GIF household. Yeah. So, Get out! We, 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 we sorted it out. <laughs> you just throw the peanut yeah, butter. I'm yeah. throwing it out the window. <laughs> it was just, it's a big mess. Yeah. You take that bullshit and get out of my house. Uh, I don't work hard all day, day slaving in front of Mr. Spacely's computer at Wired. My my children aren't going to eat this skippy (laughs) skippy crap. The name alone is loathsome. Next thing you're going to come with Peter Pan. Ridiculous. Um, So FaceTime, we covered the retina display. I think the display is is, uh, gorgeous. Uh, I thought it looked really cool when I played around with the phone. Um, I, I wanted to kind of get a better look at images and, and, and video and, and, you know, web text and pinching and zooming, but I didn't, there was a line, so I didn't have too much time to play with it, but did you get to play with it a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, it's a great looking screen. I mean, it's, the pixels are relatively invisible. I mean, you really got to be right up, this is a good gesture for podcast, right? No, <laughs> is, is, no, Retina dis- is Retina Display a thing, or is that just no, a brand name that they, that's, that's they made up? Thing that it is. That's, that's so that, so that's, like, that's like Scope with T25, right? Like yeah. that's, oh, T25, I should know what that is, right? That's a thing? You know, it makes, makes my teeth. Yeah. Yeah. When they put it up on the screen, I was like, oh my god, they finally done the it. The Retinal Scan! Yeah. I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I have to go burn my retinas the way that they burn your fingertips in Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna know everything about what's inside my head. Yeah, 
Um, so they can more do more so a little a little bit more so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I thought that and that, the camera seems pretty pretty interesting too with the the, the pixels at the same size as at the, at the sensor. Yeah. Right? That five megapixel. It, you, you, it's hard to tell from just looking at it how good that camera actually is. Well, and you know what I really loved about the demo though, or the demos? Right. He kept going on and on about like, oh, it's all about capturing photons. It's all about low light. You know, right. camera phones are such bad low light, and this is all about like making better low light photography because that's you know where the majority of photography takes place and blah blah blah. And they didn't show a single low light photograph. Well, yes. because look, it's still gonna you know a great low light picture still, still. is not. Shit. You blow it up to twenty. You know, it's just like that's, on Moscone screen. That's your special projector. That's fine. That's totally fine. But I mean, if you're going to sit there and talk it up, no, you know, totally. you know, bring it, right? Show it. I don't know. The screen was amazing. Though. The screen was. I think you should have stood up and said that in the presentation. If you're going to talk about that, you should bring it. <laughs> Point of information. FaceTime. <laughs> we we can hop on FaceTime later with with Steve. Did I did I tell the story yet about how when I was standing with Ryan Block interviewing him for Attack of the Show, uh, Steve Jobs breezed right by, like close enough to pinch. I could just reached out and pinched him, uh, and I didn't know what else to say because I'm I'm weird around really famous people. So I was just like, "Awesome job up there!" Like he needed my validation, <laughs> and he did not make eye contact. He just went, "Thanks!" Like he just kept it, like he almost spat it out before I finished my sentence. <laughs> My point You're is like ah oh, thanks. My point is in the movie in my head we were gonna be buds and you know fly he's around totally, on private jet and solve crimes. But uh, he's totally I, calling you up like Chris. I'm think we're thinking about putting this in the next one. What do you think, man? Well, Steve, I'm so glad you called, man, and I'm so glad that it went out of my way to say. It's so awesome good to job. see your face. Yeah. I've got I've, I've got so many ideas. I've got so many ideas. <laughs> Fins. V <laughs> six. It did not. It did not. It did not work out that way uh, so well for me. <clears throat> Have you ever, have you interviewed him? Have you guys talked to him at all? God, no. No. I mean, I've talked to him before, but I, I, I actually, I've thought about this before. I don't know if you guys have. If, if, if I were given the opportunity to interview him, um, would, would I actually do it? Because you don't have to, right? I mean, like, I think most professional journalists feel like there would be an obligation to. I'm not sure that I would want to. He's so belligerent with journalists. Is he really? I feel like I would want to have him on because... My my interest in my interest in him is more about his process. Like I, I feel like, you know, there's certainly a legacy of devices and that, that he leaves behind, but I feel like, you know, just the way that he problem solves and approaches stuff and just kinda that the you know, I'm curious to know what goes on inside his head. I wanna know what questions he asks, you know, when he's when, when he decides to take on a new market, you know, whether it's like Pixar or whatever, anything. I just want to know what his process is. That's what's fascinating to me about him. But he doesn't really talk about those things. Even when he is interviewed by like Walt and Kara at the D conference, which is about the most open I think you will ever see him. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in like in-depth profiles where some magazines do get access to him, it's never. You don't see as much of his personality as I think you do when he goes on stage. Partly because he's on stage and not in a room with a journalist locked away. Um, Do you think that's because his PR says you can't ask about this, you can't ask about that, you can only talk about this, this, and that? I mean, there is <clears throat> certainly possible. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think Walt is one of the few people he he probably thinks he can't push around, uh, and who he respects enough to just you know say like, all right, let's do this. And you know, I mean, Walt asks him, I think, a lot of questions uh, that most other journalists probably wouldn't. Um, right. Not because they wouldn't want to, but because, because of the consequences of that. Exactly. If you didn't care about the consequences, if that was your last interview in this profession. Oh, I have, you, you I, so I have a list of wonderful things I would do if I never <laughs> cared about working anywhere ever again. Wonderful things. 
But Wonderful I illegal. And yeah, at the top true. of that list, invite a bunch of high-profile bloggers to your hotel room <laughs> to record a podcast with no pants. Ryan, stop smacking against my pantsless frame. <laughs> That's, I don't even know if where's, you're where's that the, way. the Foley artist is really not. <laughs> That's a problem with you know like like I I don't I don't have a budget yet to travel with a Foley artist uh, and I would really how awesome would that be? Just there's a guy following you around doing sound effects and like, he's a, he's a <laughs> he's like he's like oh, yeah, no, he's, he's like older than Moses he's got he, like he did Foley oh, for Gracie and Allen like, <laughs> he's, he's got like a wheelbarrow yeah. full of like. Nails and and you look at it, you, you, you look at his old you look at his old leather case and you're like, what's he gonna do with all that shit? And it's the most amazing foley you've ever heard in your entire life. Like, see, I'd watch that show too. That would be that would be That's a really good show. That. Well, someday if we ever turn this into a video podcast, which I hope we never do. <laughs> um, multitasking was something else that people been and, and again, another thing that you know is is something that people were asking for, but. But still, I think a lot of people are going to be like, Ooh, you should have had that already. Or, yeah, but it's not whatever else they're upset about. You know, like, I thought the... I, think, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy to have multitasking now because I always wa- I want to listen to Pandora and then fuck around on other apps. But does anybody want anything other than that one exact thing? I mean, to me, like... Switching back and forth between apps without going back to the home screen is... I guess. I mean, useful, yeah. right? That was almost more useful than the actual multitasking itself, right? <laughs> yeah. Just like the fast app switching, getting yeah, from point yeah. A to point B faster. I just, I just feel like the multitasking and the folder thing, I feel like, are oddly not up to the usual standard of Apple's right. software design. Why is it do, only do you, one do, row? Okay, do you have... Well, yeah, that's a good point. Do you, have you been using it? Like, do you have OS 4 on I've been phone? using it on one of my phones, yeah. 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 I mean... I've heard a few people say that. I don't necessarily know if I if I agree. I mean, I've heard people say that they feel like it was tacked on. It just feels, even down to, and this is like, I mean, imagine having this discussion about any other company, but like the default wallpaper is like, there's just something inelegant yeah. about the presentation of <clears throat> now iOS 4, which I can't wait till Cisco, they must have worked out. One assumes they worked out a deal with Cisco before they did that. <laughs> or maybe Surprise! They did it again! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe oh. like after the iPhone, right? Well, because remember, they, they, yeah. didn't t- yeah. they didn't tell Cisco in advance that they were going to call it the iPhone. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Which was great. And then they worked it out after the fact. Yeah. But so I the think, pressure was on Cisco. No. I think you're right. It is tacked on because they made this OS three years ago or four years ago or whatever. And it was this thing. And now they have to add a fifth wheel and add multitasking and add whatever. I think the metaphors are kind of strained to its Maybe, to I mean, edge. I don't know. I, I That's what I was saying. I've heard people say that. I've been using it since the day, you know, they released it, and I've been seeing how they it's like, good. Don't get me fixed wrong. it. Yeah. And, but it's not... I, you know, I actually feel like, in, in a, and I thought a lot about how they would do multitasking, because um, if you go back and you look at from, from iPhone, the very first iPhone, the very first version of iPhone OS, um, they... Besides uh, the openness of the App Store, every major complaint that anyone has ever had about the iPhone, they addressed. You know, systematically, one year after the mm-hmm. next, every single thing, copy, paste, multitasking, apps, all that stuff. Everything that, that basically anybody, you know, had, had had a major complaint about, they've addressed. Exchange support, whatever, you name it. I mean, they've done actually a really good job of that. Um, and... and, and in, in this case specifically, you know, I've been thinking a lot about, like, how, how are they going to do multi... Like, what's that going to look like? How's that going to work? Um, it didn't... Re- I mean, I don't know. It, just, it didn't really feel too tacked on to me. It felt like it works pretty well. Uh, I, I do 
concede your point though that it's like it could have used a couple like if you've got like 20 apps or whatever mm-hmm. you know maybe it like pulls up all of them or something i don't know minor complaints yeah but i mean it's like overall i think it works pretty well. i thought it was pretty cool i'm i'm just i'm just glad to have it and i mean like when i get it uh i'm just glad to, that that it's that's going to be available you know because because of that because of the very reason of just like launch close launch close i mean it's funny you know i was I just I just talked I just did a podcast with Chris Anderson like an hour ago and one of the questions I asked was are you know are we just are we just fucking spoiled babies now because you know we get a lot of content for free and also we're also used to we're also used to you know major technological advances in really short amount of time so you know like if you showed some, like even whatever complaints you have about the iPhone now you know if you showed someone that phone even like 5 years ago like they would shit themselves instantly. So are are we are we just kind of spoiled when we all thought our razor was hot shit? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. When I thought uh, that the, that 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 Motorola clamshell phone that I had in like ninety nine two thousand that looked like a Star Trek communicator. Yeah, we're, but but you're never going to be happy with. Uh, yeah, are are we are we in a are we in a, 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 the habit of being perpetually unsatisfied? But if we didn't feel that way, then there wouldn't be as much of a drive to you know create. There would be no good forward progress, product. right? Yeah. You'd just be okay. I'm satisfied. Yeah, and, and I mean that's that's but that's a metaphor for humanity, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's like the other part of tech, which is like the optimism, which is yeah, maybe you're not satisfied with the tech, but you're always pushing. You know yourselves. You're pushing the, your, the boundaries and the limits of what this stuff can do. Hey, I don't mind if people. I, I'm I'm all, I'm all for that. It's just like, you know, hey, if you have complaints, go out and do something about it. <laughs> Make something. Yeah, because we all have like six hundred million dollars to build an i you know a smartphone platform. Well, no, but you know, like I'm sure we all at least have one hundred and fifty million a piece, right? You know, if we, we could pull put it that together, together, think of how much Jif peanut butter that would buy, Mark McCluskey. Oh man. You could buy out Skippy and just fucking dump him into the ocean. <laughs> Nobody, Skippy is unavailable. Yeah. Now in the United States under yeah. this plan of yours. Well, there was, there was an ego shortage. Uh, there was some there weird... There was an ego shortage? There was some weird ego, there was some weird ego shortage. I actually saw it on a news ticker uh, of like like six months ago, and I'm like, is this really on CNN right now? On like stoner news? I mean, where were you? No, it was... It was <laughs> no, I remember seeing that. Oh, it was after stoner news. Yeah, see, I usually... <laughs> I'm was confused. <laughs> you guys don't watch. Uh, you guys don't watch Waffle News. Uh, follows the Waffle. Oh, WaffleNews.com is pretty awesome. That's pretty sweet. Um, what other features did we see? Uh, the iBooks feature. The gyro. I, you know. Oh, the gyroscope. Let me get the gyroscope in a sec because I, I want to talk about the iBook feature and and try to figure out why. I I was very happy to hear that that you know the, that your iBooks will sync up across all your devices like as far as what notes you make and bookmarks and where you are and just the like the Kindle does right now right yeah. <laughs> so I'm wondering when are we going to see some type of because now that you know people have iPod touches and iPhone uh, you know I have two iMacs and, and a MacBook and an iPad how how am I, when, when can I start syncing up all of that stuff effortlessly instead of having to go in and manage each device? Uh, when you pay Apple hundred bucks a year for Mobile Me and it'll work most of the time, but not all the time. <laughs> but I, mean, I, I was well, I was gonna have a, a, I was gonna have a similarly though, right? snarky answer, and and that was going to be whenever Apple damn well feels like it. That's true. I mean, I, the the non snarky version of that is like I there have been some people sort of rumbling like Apple should make Mobile Me free, mm-hmm. and I think. I mean, sync is actually incredibly hard to do, mm-hmm. it, it, and that's why like apps like Dropbox are just like such like a, a sync app that just kind of works is sort of if you know the computer science problem behind it, it's really astonishing. 
you know, Google doesn't have that problem because they're just thinking to the, you know, you've got basically one version of everything that lives in the cloud and you just pull down mm -hmm. something to your devices or computers. But if, if Apple's not going to go to sort of a cloud-based storage model, which we all keep waiting for them to on things like iTunes, but mm -hmm. they haven't done yet. I, I think making mobile me free, especially when you get people with, in this ecosystem with four or five, six devices they're trying to keep in sync would be a huge selling point for consumers. Because what's, what's kind of, what, what, I, what I've noticed that's, that's a little frustrating with the iPad is that, you know, you, you can't even in iTunes save, uh, like I would love to be able to save device profiles. Like, <laughs> hey, here are all the apps I have on my iPhone. I just want to drag that profile onto my iPad so I don't have to go through and select each one all over again every time, you know, like each time. Like, you know, do you, do you foresee that at all anytime? Some sort of at least profile syncing? I mean, iTunes is just groaning under the... Uh, iTunes has gone from a, a nice little music player to the hub of everything, every piece of media you own and every device you're managing. I mean, it's... It's kind of funny they still call it iTunes. Like, it, it should be some other thing. It's groaning under a, a, a lot of weight of accumulated development and you can see it when you try and run it. Especially. I don't want to shit on your point or anything, but I think you can do... Well, a why are your pants around your ankles? <laughs> well, it, it was already off. Okay. I, but I think you can do a restore from your iPhone <coughs> back up to your iPad. No, you can do you can do restores. Right. I think it would be nice if you know, like, hey, I like I, I got a few apps on this thing and I, I would love to just kind of transfer the yeah. profile over to this other thing that I have that is also part of this ecosystem. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I have to actually use Google for that today and not... Apple stuff, right? I mean, like, so I, I have my calendars uh, on Google calendars, which I use with uh, Google's Exchange support. So I have, you know, I don't use MobileMe. I don't even use Google calendars. I use Exchange, Google's Exchange to Google calendars in order to sync all my calendars across my devices, which seems really, really out of the way to get such a, you know, simple thing done that you think should be, you know, basic, basically table stakes for everything. Off topic of Apple for a sec. Why is it so hard to find a fucking good to-do app, like a good a task list manager? Because I mean, I, on the portable devices or on uh, the desktop, both. Like I, I, I had, things? I, I yeah, had things right. which is just really ridiculously expensive. overpriced. Yeah, like Way the fact, the fact that they charge like twenty bucks for it on the iPad it's when insulting. you can't even sync it to the cloud is fucking it's, unbelievable. It's insulting. And so then I, tr then I moved to to-do, and I was trying to sync that through Todoodle, but Todoodle has no desktop. <laughs> like they have the exact opposite problem. They don't have a desktop version. So then it becomes kind of irritating. Google with, has today's. Try Zendy. Remember the milk? It's a web app you can use. There's a, there's a, I, I think there's an iPad. I know there's an iPhone app, and you can do it on your desktop. Zembi? Yeah. Okay. And it's free. I'll check that I out. I sucked it up and paid for things. I paid for things too, and then uh, and then I had. A <laughs> I, love, I love that. Said, hey, I pay for things. I pay for things. I pay for things. I pay for nothing. <laughs> Speaking of paying for things, I think this iBooks and the PDF is gonna spur book piracy like crazy. You think so? That's cool. I I think. <laughs> no, I'm just but you know, I mean, that's a great idea. What? No, but you, you think for for Apple though? I mean, that's how Apple built the iPod business. It, you know, the iPod came out on the back of MP3s. On saying. the back of Napster specifically, the iPod came out almost in response to Napster. At the time, there was no you know legitimate music download source. iTunes hadn't been purchased yet, let alone you know marketed as the solution for for uh, for for the iPod. Apple basically built the iPod to house, you know, the very large MP3 collection that people were, were getting off of Napster and LimeWire and these other peer-to-peer -peer networks at the time. But, I mean, the only thing I see, and there are certainly obsessives out there, I mean, the thing you could do with a CD is 
get a piece of software that you put it in your computer and some indeterminate amount of time and relatively low hassle later you got mp3s spit back out you mm -hmm. that you could get onto this thing i mean with video i mean ripping videos brutal and stupid and annoying and illegal depending on whose opinion you take and books i mean Sure, PDFs are a great way to trade books once somebody sits down and scans it. Do you want my pirate copy of Hurt Locker? Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, wait. You're in prison. <laughs> oh, my God. The next Catherine, siren. Catherine Bigelow is screaming somewhere. This is gonna, <laughs> that that guy's going to fucking ninja kick you in the throat. Yeah. Like, I kind of, I didn't see Hurt Locker in the theater because it's rare that I have a chance to go out to the movies. Well, nobody did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, I gotta, now I kind of feel like, well, I don't want to see it now because you know you're yelling at everyone. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry they stole your thing. Yes, just you know, just like the MPAA has been yelling at everybody for years. It's like, yeah. you know, I mean, I think Jason's right that easier PDF access, and you can see this in the comic nerd world. I don't know if anybody here is a comic book geek, uh, but I like, have. so all the CBRs and CBZs, like people who have sat down with scanners and done really good scans of like every comic book Marvel has ever published. Um, you know, that, that that's a market where there's such a gulf between the cost of acquiring the object and the value of the content. Mm -hmm. You know, like, my copy of Amazing Fantasy 15, if I, I, I just want to read it. I don't need my mint copy sealed in like right. and mounted on the wall. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure where books are so going to sort of going to fall on that that gap. Well, I think between. I think I think that's where Hassle it's going to I think that's where it's going to be that's where it's going to be, you know, Apple or whatever app maker's responsibility to make <laughs> apps that are robust enough and entertaining enough to use that it's better than, you know, like cuz I I have this uh, I have this news rack app called Xenio and so you you know, you can it's basically just like kind of scanned versions of magazines. You know, but it's different than like the Wired app, which is like you can go into it and play media, and you know, like it's it just it's a it's a for me it's a more fun experience uh, than just like skimming through you know scanned pages. So I think that's I think maybe that's where some of it's going to just fall on the responsibility of people making these types of apps to make them fun and interesting to use. So you don't want to just look at a, a PDF version of a book, you know, if you don't have to. Right. Um, obviously, if you're homeless with your iPhone, you know, it's all you can afford. It's just, it's just a PDF. Your, yeah, your, your black market PDF. That's right. Of like Finnegan's Wake. Uh, overall, the WWDC experience, was it, was, it, was it fun for you, Ryan? Or were you, were you just sort of like, meh? It's work. It was. It's work. It is work. You know, I don't know. It's, 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 yeah, it's fun. It's work. I, I mean, there's an expectation, I think, for most people. Uh, that you, you kind of treat it like a privilege, mm -hmm. and I guess in a way it is because you know not not everybody gets invited. And I'm, I'm not. That's not like a. <laughs> You're like, looking you know, at me. Oh, not, a, not, a, not a jab at you. Oh um, damn! I mean, obviously, you know, Gizmodo Snap. has been invited for the history of Gizmodo, and and you know, when I was at Engadget, and now now at, now at GDGT, but um, but you know, I mean, there are, there are a lot of a lot of you know sites and publications and really smart people that don't get to go. So um, I mean, it's it's neat, but um, yeah, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah, you, you, I guess you probably feel the same same way, Mark. Yeah, I mean it's a long day. It's uh, I mean, you till I mean I still totally get that sort of like kid at Christmas, like ooh, what's gonna happen? Excitement, but yeah. Like, Thanks for spoiling that for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever. <laughs> I'm very sorry. <laughs> but like, I'll sleep pretty well tonight. Uh, finally, finally, finally sleep. See, I was, I was telling Jason like I don't mind knowing that I'm getting a train for Christmas because like then I get to think. 
oh, what kind of a train? What does it do? What am I going to do with this train after I get it? Yeah, but that's... Start planning. You know, but that's me. That's, that's, that's just the way I am. I, I, I enjoy things like cheat codes. I like getting to the end before I put in the work. I like the shortcut. You read, you read the last page of the mystery book novel before you start. <laughs> Shit, yeah, I do. <laughs> I would watch, you know, I, I would have watched a lot, the last episode of Lost first and been like, oh, okay, they all go to heaven. I don't need to see this. Uh, um, you could have told me I could have saved those two hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, that's that's not. That's a whole nother. Angry spoiler podcast. alert. Uh oh. Uh, did I say heaven? I meant um, they go to a Heaven Seventeen concert, a band from the nineteen eighties. <laughs> right? Yeah. No? Se- Good seven, Seventeen of them go to. The- that's right. Oh. They were chosen. Well, speaking from my point of view, it felt kind of weird not being there after being yeah, invited. Sure. It, it, it felt. I don't want to say bad, but it felt... I was kind of nervous about what we're going to do, how, how good a job we were going to do, but you and you, you guys did a fantastic job and kind of jumped on your guys' back <clears throat> this time. So thank you for that. But it it made me realize that these things are kind of fun and they, they are work and they are kind of central to our jobs day to day, but it is kind of... A, it's, it's still a privilege to be able to go. I mean, there. I, I remember a time, and this was, I think, before you were Gizmodo. But I mean, when we couldn't count on, you know, going to an Apple keynote when it wasn't it wasn't open online. Like there were no online. You know, it was only print and broadcast. And and you know, we would have to fight tooth and nail every single time to get somebody in. And a lot of times we wouldn't get somebody in, so we'd have to like you know, somehow convince one of our friends in broadcast or print or an analyst or something to send us live reporting, right? And so we could post it on, on Engadget. I mean, those were, it was a very, very different time. Uh, and, and so now, you know, obviously it's, I think it can be kind of easy to take these events for granted, especially when like they are a lot of work. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think, I think there's also something really refreshing about you know, kind of being on the outside again, and uh, and and you know, just kind of doing your own thing. Yeah, don't get me wrong; I, I wouldn't change anything, and I wouldn't take it back. But it was, you know, it was interesting being on the outside again, and looking in and, and seeing kind of the themes of the presentation and what things went right and what things went wrong. Yeah. Well, I see. I mean, I you know, I you you guys live in this world way more than I do. I mean, I'm you know the. What I what so I. You're just a tourist here. <laughs> well, I mean, in a way, I I've sort of been like a. I feel like I'm kind of a, an extended house guest in the in this sector. I mean, you know, like I, I do get to review stuff, but it's not. I mean, like it's maybe you know, like like once a week on Attack. You know, like it's not like, it's not like I'm seeing the volume of stuff that you guys that you guys see, and I'm not going to every one of these conferences. I'm just kind of going to the biggest ones. You know, whether it be CES or you know WWDC or 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 or, or E3 the, or, or those two. <laughs> or, or any of the other Apple or any of the other Apple announcements yeah. um, but and so you know I, I still get kind of excited about just the, the, the prospect of it and you know even I sort of look forward to that to that excitement almost as much as the actual thing itself um, and, I, and I always feel a little like uh, after it's over like what do we got to look forward to now <laughs> FaceTime. FaceTime! <laughs> That's what you have to look forward to. Um, I, I had thought, uh, you know, there, there were a couple weeks, because I know obviously a lot of people are going to be like, Verizon! And there, there were a few weeks where it looked pretty good. <coughs> oh, someone from Verizon said there's an ad company, and they're, they're, and they're making ads for the blah, blah, blah. And then, and then it was a complete 
180, I feel like the, it trended completely the opposite the last kind of week, where it was like, no, 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 we're not doing that, and that's not going to happen now, and, you know, I mean, is it is it because Apple has the this 2012 deal with, uh, with AT&T, or does anyone, does anyone really know, or does we just know that it didn't get announced? Well, we know that they have that deal, so they can't cancel it before. Well, I mean, there there are always ways to get out of a deal, yeah. right? They could they could say that AT and T has not fulfilled its con- contractual obligations by providing such poor services. <laughs> when, wish that I could. I mean, yeah, they, exactly. <laughs> they, I mean, they, you, so AT and T would charge Apple a what is it? Yeah, termination fee. that's all. What is that like? Three seventy five now or something? Right. Except they would add like four zeros to that. You know, eight zeros. Oh shit! Oh well. I, you know, I don't think that it was like, uh-oh, we're going to change up our program. I mean, with a phone, a phone for them is going to take between 12 and 24 months to build. Uh, once they start that train, it doesn't stop for anything. Right. And once it's done and ready, it goes out. So it's not like they spent the last 18 months and God knows how many millions of dollars and how many engineers, you know, building a Verizon phone just to be like, well... I don't know, kind of spoil a message right now. Let's let's wait. Let's let's sit on this for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that they, if they were doing it, you know, we would have known about it this time. Um, and if they're going to have it ready for the next one, then we'll know about it next time. Do you really think it it is just? Do you really think it is just the network? Um, do you, do you think that you know Verizon's going to realize? Oh, maybe this wasn't so such an easy device to uh, to to carry after all. I mean, because I think, because I feel I like think, now people have built commitment. it up. I feel like people have built it up to this thing where, you know, oh, it's going to go to Verizon and then everything's going to be perfect. <laughs> I think I, I think it's about the commitment of the company, actually. I mean, AT&T was, uh, they're presented with, a, with an astounding problem, and that is a ridiculous amount of data where they didn't have a ridiculous amount of data before. And they responded by not doing anything, <laughs> basically. I mean, in the major markets, they haven't done anything. I, I think that... It's re- and you can actually look at this if you go back um, to their, their their quarterly investment in dollars over the last seven years uh, in build out of network infrastructure and purchase of spectrum and stuff like that they lag behind the competition significantly uh, and you look at Verizon they're the number one spender in build out of network infrastructure and purchase of spectrum uh, so I think it's really just it's about the commitment if, if Verizon was given this very high class problem, of needing to deal with the the, the, the the flood of traffic from iPhone customers, I think that they would do it. They would deal with it. <laughs> there's, there's, there's something with AT&T where they're like, fuck, by the time we fix this, it's our Everybody's thing's going to be expired. Go. Everyone's going to be gone anyway. <laughs> but you would think that they would still want to preserve, you know, the company and and try to make it as powerful as possible. But, I mean, you get, I mean you're totally right that you get a sort of... How do you how do you balance the huge cost of investing to to solve this problem with probably your clear vision that when your exclusive is up, you are unlikely to see it renewed. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like how how much am I going to build it out? I mean, well, I, I think but, all of us would like. But it is, to it, is be if it were my company, kind of chicken and egg? Because if you're spending and investing to get it built out, then there's a higher likelihood that it's going to be. Renewed. It is chicken and egg, but I I guess on. Especially on the time horizon now, like in two years, they can't get it to where. Maybe they've done the math and said, "Okay, even if we build it out, it's we're not going to make any more money from." My feeling, my feeling though, is that 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 uh, smartphones are not going backwards. Like they're going, like phones are going to try to out data hog each other in the coming years, and so why not be prepared for whatever that next 
thing is like it's not like it's like the iPhone isn't the only phone that consumes data. There's there's other and they're all doing that. But so, I mean, people are going to have a reality check before too long. And Ryan said something earlier about Spectrum when we were talking about the Wi-Fi at Moscone. It's like it isn't like you just keep adding more cell towers and more like at a certain point a piece of Spectrum is done. Mm-hmm. It is tapped out. It is over. And I mean, we aren't there, but we are not as far as. It isn't like I think I, pimps call that a broke hoe, right? <laughs> you know, so the broke hoe of the cellular industry, uh-huh. you know, is not uh, oh decades off; it's years off. And it's I think a lot of people think like if if there were more cell towers and bigger pipes running to the cell towers, everything would be fine. And that's right. not actually; it's not quite that easy. This, this is, like, is not to this is not to say I'm happy with AT and T because <laughs> I am not. AT and T is a broke hoe. <laughs> <laughs> this is a little bit of a There's your up. headline. Yeah. AT&T broke home. It was an 11. <laughs> it's all within your reach. So uh, I, I guess ultimately, uh, are you? Do you think you're going to get it when it comes out, June 24th? Are you going to get? Are you going to get it, Ryan? I think so. Yeah. Mark. Yes, I'm going to get it. Jason? I mean, we shall see. <laughs> I'll see if I get my stuff back first. <laughs> do you think you're going to walk into an Apple think, store no, and going to say, do not sell Jay- to this guy? The question for Jason is, are... will you get another? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll tell, tell you something. Even if, even, even if your phone isn't subsidized, it'll still be cheaper than the last one you bought. That so, is that is true. Oh, um, but I, but I, I you know, what? <laughs> I'm not allowed to, come on. That's brutal. Why is that brutal? It's, no, it's a good line. No, I, I, did that, did that cross, did that cross? No, no. Okay. It, it's right. perfectly fine. Okay. It was Denton's money, not my money. Because <laughs> I love you, Jason. Yeah. Uh, we're buds. Of course. Come on, guys. Let's tell the story about how we sit around the campfire and, and that one guy won the, the hiding competition and threw up a lot. A lot. Stand by me. Oh, a, right, gotcha. Maybe with the Will Wheaton and River, the late River Phoenix. <laughs> um, I'm probably definitely going to get it, just because I feel like it's my job. There's a little bit of a hedge in there, probably, definitely. Well, I'm thinking ahead, and I'm like, well, I don't want to stand in line for it, because like, it, the lines are going to be insane. It's all about the, pre, it's the yeah, pre-order. The pre-order, I, did you stand in line for your iPad? Like, uh, I had, no. I had a nice UPS man just bring me two iPads to my house, and I have them at noon. It was just like, why did I ever stand in line? I, I literally had the luck of I just kind of walked into the Apple store and was like, "Do you have any things like four gig three G app?" And like, "We have one left." And I like I had, and then that was it. So it was that was that was that was the luck. Wow, that was the luck that I had. Probably shouldn't push that. If you also get a sitcom on NBC, you can get one sent to you. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like Olivia Munn? Like I was, I was like Mikhail. Mikhail. Oh, Mikhail. Mikhail. Yeah. Oh, that fucking guy, <laughs> man. We were doing a show in in in. Uh, Kentucky last year, and I flew in through Indianapolis, and so I went to a mall in Indianapolis and stood in line uh, at the Apple Store in Indianapolis, and I get to the show the night, and I'm like, "Look who's got a 3G iPhone!" And he's like, "They already sent me one of those. I don't even care. I just leave it on the <laughs> nightstand." I'm like, Fuck "I wish you everybody could see your body language face. when you do your Mikhail impersonation." <laughs> it was awesome. Well, you know what it is? He's so tall. That I have to like look. I, I'm my body. My, my space work is that I'm looking down at, at everybody upon yourself. who's tiny compared to Joel. Like I, I look like I look like one of the hobbits trying to scale an ant like next to Joel. <laughs> like I feel like I should just climb on and be like head for the border, and then he'll just walk uh, and talk about what the forest used to be like. But uh, yeah, that, so Joel Joel is on the list. That's that super short list of people who get who get shit someday. 
Chris, someday. <laughs> Maybe not after this podcast. That's <laughs> where they log everything. I mean, like, no, sixteen so. derogatory. Well, not for Mikhail now too. Now that you outed him. Well, can, yeah, can, yeah. can I can I give you a pro tip? If you have a podcast, there's probably a good chance you're not going to be. Yeah, 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 that's true. But you know what? I, I feel like I probably shouldn't get one. I feel like I shouldn't get one because, you know, if I if I, if I I write for Wired and I review stuff on a tag of the show, I probably shouldn't get a free iPhone because I already get accused enough of fanboyism and I, I, I don't get shit from them. So I think it's better that they don't send me one because it would be a serious moral dilemma, an ethical dilemma uh, of whether or not I should keep it. Yeah, plus it's like, you know, you have to go through this big ethical dilemma. Do you keep the phone? Do you not keep the phone? I mean, you already have to deal with the fact that they send you paychecks every week for pimping their shit all the exactly. time. Exactly. Right? Whoa, wait, what? I, did I just admit that? You know Apple loves to dish out money to people. Yeah. They fucking love it. Um, awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, coming by my hotel room. And uh, uh, Ryan Black, GDGT or Gadget.com. Uh, Mark McCluskey uh, for Wired Magazine, Jason Chen for Gizmodo. Um, I, I hope uh, I hope you guys ultimately really did have a fun experience overall. And that I mean, it's still not to be all Pollyanna about it, but it still it still should be kind of fun. I mean, we, we we like this stuff, and it's fun that we get to you know get paid to to fuck around with it. Yeah, yeah totally. So, so hopefully, we're not too burned out yet to to still appreciate it. Not yet. <laughs> By the way, would you like some Skippy? Oh, no, I'm fine. I, I, I carry my own chip. You took that a lot better than I thought you would. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to work on my anger issues. FaceTime. FaceTime. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels. She was a romance mystery writer who happens to be married to a chef. But this story didn't end with a happily ever after. When I stepped into the kitchen, I could see that Chef Brophy was on the ground and I heard somebody say, call 911. As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder, had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? You can listen to Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.